about the guy you're looking for? I don't live here. Yeah, well, you look like the guy that lives here. Then you don't know what the guy that lives here looks like. What he means to say is you look like you live here. Yeah, that's what I mean to say. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of I'll Have a Double the Podcast episode, quarantine episode. I do that every week because we're, we're in a quarantine now. So quarantine episode number 11. Lucky number 11. Great movie. Shout out to wow. a very underrated movie. Very underrated. I own that on DVD. <laughs> I have it somewhere. I have no idea where it is. But I am Juan B. I am Brent Crable. I'm Jesse Cool. I always ask this every week, but I get the same answer. What did everybody do last week? Uh, I actually golfed quite a, oh, oh. a few times. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Getting back out there. I, I beat somebody who's been golfing for 20 years, and I've been golfing for 20 minutes. And I beat them that's on impressive. the last hole. Uh, how, so much felt- you dry- how much were you guys drinking? Uh, not that much. Okay, because that can level the playing field sometimes. The more you drink, it kind of yeah, levels You know out. what? That is true because oh, yeah. I golfed the other day with my cousin. He doesn't drink. And I I was drinking some tequila. So yeah. the first nine well, holes. You're doing tequila? You were doing like beer like normal no, people? No, no, no. The Te- first nine holes, like I was clutch. Like I was, and then once it kicked in, the back nine, mm. I was 20 strokes over what I was the first nine. So I was like, okay, so if I want to play competitively, no drinking. But what did you do? Are, are you asking because you I, did something fun? No, no, I didn't do anything. That's that's the whole point. And I am still in mourning because the last dance is officially over, and I don't know what to do anymore. I, I mean, you watch wait, it again. You wait for the Sunday for it to come out, and now the quarantine has to be over because the last dance is over, and I am I don't know what to do with myself now because that I that was my week. I lived for the last dance on Sunday, and it is gone. Now what? But I, I will say, uh, from a serious note, when we talk about the quarantine, I've noticed there's been levels that we've all gone through when we started the quarantine. The first couple of weeks, and actually you can hear it in this podcast, the first couple of weeks, it was a, what the fuck, man, this is weird. And we kind of joked about it. Yeah. We laughed about it. We talked about how awkward it is. And then around third and fourth episode, our tones kind of got a little more, hmm. Like we, we hit this level of like depression, you know, and we deal with it in different ways. You know, we laugh it off, we fake it, we we do other things, and then it started leaning the other way. We started being a little more optimistic as we start going through the last couple of episodes because we feel like we're about to come out of it. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are not coming out of that level too. They're still in that depressed mode, and it's actually getting worse. People I know closely to me, I'm, I notice personally that that are starting to really be affected by being quarantine and being you know in this position and the message i have and you guys feel free to join in the message that i have for those people that are being depressed is understand that just because the things that are making you depressed and there's somebody else that has those things that are making you depressed doesn't mean that they're not depressed if that makes sense so if you're if your depression is oh it's financial burden and loneliness just because someone else is financially okay and they have a companion doesn't mean they're not depressed about something else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so depression is a, is a cloud that's hanging over all of us. We all have something right now that we're all like, fuck. You know Yo. what I'm saying? And, yeah. and so talk to those people. Like, feel, don't feel like your problems is like you can't discuss it. You know, we're all feeling, literally, we're all feeling depression. We're all feeling the same thing. We're dealing with it differently, but we all are feeling some pain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, we're all like, stuck with ourselves and our mm-hmm. own thoughts yeah. and our own, I, you know, inner demons or whatever it is that you have things that you've needed to address. I mean, now you've been stuck with them for like three months. 
So they're either coming to light or being suppressed and you're, you know, turning to alcohol, weed, drugs, whatever it yeah. is, porn. Um, but I mean, it's like, I mean, this some is, people were doing that bef- before. Yeah, some people were doing that before. So. But, you know, I think uh, this has been a time where, uh, you know, like shit, shit's hitting the fan for, for everybody. And I can imagine, I, I would think that this isn't the cause of, this isn't causing depression. Like the depression was like, it was yeah. something underlying, yeah. right? That yes. was there. That this is just bringing it out. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think to a to a certain you, you extent, you can't just like, be alive for thirty five years and like all of a sudden now you're like right. now I'm now I'm sad. Now, I'm super now, now fucking I'm sad. sad. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess you know that like I guess that makes a point as far as people that need to be out with people. They needed to be at events. They need to yeah. be uh, stimulated by parties and being out with their friends. And now they can't do that. Now they have to sit with their own demons, sit with their own and thoughts. In- Instagram. And yeah, and it's kicking their ass. Yeah. I, mean, I know some people personally that are just literally getting their ass kicked right now because those outlets that they were masking yep. the depression, now they have to sit there and deal with it. They have to face their demons. Yeah. You know, or sleep with their demons, whatever the case may be. Yeah, fuck and, your demon. Yeah. You can. <laughs> so, I mean, so basically, I just want to just let those people know if you're feeling some type of way, uh, Talk to people, talk to your friends, because we're all dealing with the same depression. It might not be the same issues, but we're all feeling the same way. And just because you know we're on here joking and having fun doesn't mean that we're not feeling a certain type of way. Because I know I am. Oh, damn. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I definitely there's been times throughout this where uh, I'm like, man, like, uh, you know, just you're thinking about different things. And feeling different ways. I mean, maybe that's why I haven't watched some new show, yeah. but also, you know, been doing other stuff. But I think, I think you're right. You know, one of the things that you could do. So I think a lot of people have been going on walks and shit, yeah. you know, or doing things like that. You could use that time as self-reflection or call somebody like call, yeah. call a friend, check in on them, see how they're doing, make it a routine, uh, make it a habit, call, call your fucking family. Um, just check in on people and talk to people and, and uh, and and find out that you're not alone. Yeah, and feeling like shit. Call 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 your friends and say, call Man. your mama. Call call yeah, and and call your friends. Tell them that hey, I'm not I'm not good right now. Instead of telling everybody you're good, tell them no, I'm not good right now. I'm you not good. That's a good point. That I think that people are scared to do that, which I don't know why. Because you, if you tell somebody, you might find out that they're not good too. Yeah, and then now you're both helping each other, and then you feel like, oh shit, I'm not alone. Like yeah, I should have done this forever ago. Yeah, but if you don't speak up, like nothing's ever going to change if you don't fucking talk to somebody or just speak it out loud. Yeah, because sometimes people ask you how you're doing so they can tell you how bad they're doing. Yeah. So, but if you tell them that you're great and life is great and I'm just skipping along, they're like, "Never mind. I'm not going to tell you then." So, how you guys been? Great. Life uh, has been beautiful. Just nothing not but for angels. Me, man. And not just- for me, man. Not for me. <laughs> Lost my dog. My car. My girl, sad. I mean, were they all in the car together? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at us making if fun only, of, a, if, of a serious situation. Uh, well, I just took it there, of course. <laughs> if only we had somebody we could talk to about this that may be able to help us or help you. Yes. You know what? I wish we had Atlanta's best kept secret Damn. that we could talk to. What would that be? How very specific. Well, I, I love ATL. I'm a big oh, fan of okay. uh, uh, the, the movie, uh, even though only five people watched it. Yeah. Um, I. Mm. You know, it was fun. Nick Cannon with the afro. Hey, that was pretty kind. 
Cool. My, I mean, Andre 3000, Outcast, my favorite of all time. I mean, That's ATL's ATL own. Yeah, I mean, and then the show Atlanta. You know, shout out to Absolutely. Uh, now, Atlanta. Yeah, the it. show. Love Fuck yeah. But as I said, this is Atlanta's best kept secret. Miss Gabby Mallet, how are you doing? Well, hello, Gabby. Oh my God, guys! Stop. I, mean, I want Hello. you to feel privileged because I try to get them to clap every time we have a guest on, and they just kind of look at me like. Meh. But for you, they just—they gave you standing ovation. Yep, I stood. Oh, hell yeah, I love it. Thanks, guys. That's the warmest welcome I've ever received. So thank you. Oh, so, so Gabby, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you've been up to. Well, my name is Gabby. I live in Atlanta, hence Atlanta's best kept secret. Um, mm-hmm. I. I am a pharmaceutical sales rep here in Atlanta. I sell antidepressants, so a lot of focus on mental health. I am newly single, just moved into my own apartment on my own. Um, so a lot has been happening to me in this quarantine, so I think this is a good time for us to link up. So very excited to be here. Damn. So that's a that, lot yeah, that, that's a lot. Most people have been doing nothing during this time. <laughs> you have done a lot during this time. You You've done more than people will do in this entire year you did it in like two months pretty much oh hell yeah i've been booked and busy y'all it hasn't been easy but i'm out here y'all so tell us about it then tell us about the uh, so you're a pharmaceutical rep so you know for me antidepressants so i don't i don't know really what that is that xanax i don't know what that is is that like pushing pills or are you more so like talking to people about their mental health like walk us through yeah a how you got into it and b like what your day's like So how I got into it is actually pretty um, interesting. So when I first went to college, I wanted to be a dentist and I decided, you know, to play division one volleyball at the university of Florida. And if you're a division one player with a, with a (laughs) chomp chomp, uh, if you're a division one player with a scholarship, um, you're not really going to school to be a doctor. So really quick, I had to, (laughs) yeah, I had to switch up my major pretty quick um, and did something, you know, stupid that I'm never going to use communication. And what uh, what is, can we stop right? Like, what is that? What does that mean? Cause I see everybody like graduating with a, degree in communication what like all d1 athletes graduating communication like just talk like what we're doing right now just communicating what is it It yeah literally literally talking to people but i did have a specification or whatever in broadcasting because like every other chick i wanted to do like sports broadcasting you know Mm -hmm. like on screen aaron andrews type of shit hell yeah um but yeah that died off pretty quick um so then once i got into the real world, I realized that, you know, in sports, I identified as winning or losing. It was very black and white. And I think um, getting into sales was something that I was so interested in because that's what I identified with was my sport and being a winner. So how can I do that? in my professional life, I want to be in sales. And I knew that pharmaceuticals, you know, you see it on like TV shows and movies and all that shit, but it's glamorized or whatever. It's not actually like that. But I knew that's where I wanted to be. And in order to get there, I had to actually sling payroll for three years, which was God awful. Mm -hmm. And I was able to put in, you know, that legwork to prove myself to these pharmaceutical companies. And that's how I got to where I am now. So I've been working at this company for two years. Did you have people that were like coming at you? Hey, um, so my paycheck is off. Y'all missed a... Yeah, I missed a little uh, bit. Like, were you having to deal with that kind of shit? Hell yeah. So you, not only do you have to 
sell the shit, you get people calling you being like, hey, y'all didn't pay my taxes. How do you get out of that? Like, uh, I'm like, oh, sorry. Like, what? It was communications. Awful. That's where your degree came in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, putting out fires. It was terrible. But it definitely did prep me to get like the thick skin to go into a hospital and try to tell a doctor, you know, what to prescribe or what to do. So I am thankful for it. But it was ass for those three years. Yeah, I, that's where I want to talk about, like how you, when you go in, because, <clears throat> like, so I've I've been in sales forever, and I originally I, pharmaceutical sales sounded like you know something that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy, uh, a guy that was with a girl. This the way I'm setting this up is terrible. I was dating a girl. Yes. Her sister's fiance was a sales director, like a pharmaceutical sales director, and he was like, "I only hire girls. I only have girls." And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, so it's like that. Yeah. But like, I know how sales is. And even in what I do, like, there's not a lot of girls, but the ones that are there are usually way better than the dudes because like they're aggressive. Yeah. And, and, you know, they look attractive and they're aggressive and yeah. they get shit done. It's not just like going in and looking pretty, which is what the pharmaceutical mm-hmm. like has had over it. That it's just like pretty girls out there just talking to doctors. But I'm sure you have to go in there and actually like tell these dudes like what the fuck. You gotta know some shit. Yeah, you gotta yeah. tell them like yeah. that they're prescribing the wrong shit. You know, like you should be doing this. Yeah, so no, for- absolutely, absolutely. And I think too, um, like I said, it's glamorized. So you think about you know chicks just going in and being pretty, and we forget that like nowadays a lot of doctors are male and female. So walking in as a young lady trying to talk to a woman and trying to be cute that doesn't mm. work. Or even mm. with some men too, like some people, like I've realized this, some doctors hate sales reps. So going in is not an easy thing. Like in the movies where they're like, yeah, I need to see so-and-so and they just let you back. Like I've waited for four hours in an office before to get 20 seconds with someone. So it's not, it, it? it ain't easy. Um, it it? Yeah. No, it, okay. it definitely, it actually was. Cause I, I take full advantage of the time that I get. Someone. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. Was worth it. For you, yeah. <laughs> uh, Twenty seconds only. I don't. I don't. Who's who can even keep count? <laughs> what, what's, what's time? What's time? What's time? You know. Anyways, Jesse, don't derail this. <laughs> yeah. So so four hours waiting, just sitting. Yeah, it's not. It's sales is is not like how they make it in the movies. It's fucking half. More seventy five percent of it is fucking shit. Yeah, we only we yeah. only look at the uh, the closing as the yeah. exciting part. We go, oh, that's amazing because you see the clothes, but you don't see all the the phones being hung up on you, the door slammed. And in when your she face. said doctors, like a lot of doctors hate uh, sales. That, yeah. That's not just doctors; that's everyone. Like fucking yeah. hate salespeople. Yeah, yeah. You, you, no one like lo, no one likes to be sold anything. Yeah, you don't want to be sold. You want to buy. Yeah, I'll buy, but don't sell it. Yeah, because I, I feel like you're you're up to something. You're 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 getting over on me. And then you have the haggler who, regardless of what price you give them, they're going to try to to, to to knock you down. You know, they're going to always keep haggling. Um, right. You mentioned the when we first started, you talked about the antidepressants. Um, have you seen a, an uptick you know, since the quarantine? Like, has that been an issue? Yes, absolutely. Uh, whenever, you know, the coronavirus and everything with, you know, not being out of the house and quarantining, like we were on a conference call and we were talking about how this can be a time where, our doctors need us more than ever because there are people who are losing their jobs or they're at home and alone in their thoughts and, or people who want to, yeah, people who want to 
get all their medicine up front so they don't have to leave their house. Like we saw a huge uptick, especially in my territory, being in Atlanta, a major metropolitan area, but even in other rural areas with a, you know, different demographic have seen a huge tank in their prescriptions and numbers because people are getting laid off and they don't have health insurance anymore. So they can't go and and get medication. Exactly. So it's, for me, you know, I've, I live in a bigger city, so I've seen an upward trend, but in other places, it's, you know, it's really all over the place. Hmm. And it's mostly, are you only doing uh, antidepressants or, or others, other pills? Or, yeah, uh, I, well, I sell two antidepressants and then another drug that I sell um, is for migraines. So it's, it, you know, all that has to do with your brain or whatever. So neurology. Yeah who cares, but I focus more on the antidepressants and mental health because that's something I'm personally interested in. So I put most of my energy there. Now, do they have to, uh, as far as, I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of you know, prescription, but do they have to talk to someone before they get the prescription or they just, or just come in and say, Hey, I got this problem. I need pill X or something like that. Right. No, they definitely do. Either it's like your primary care doctor or a lot of the doctors that I call on are psychiatrists. So they're not only talking to people about depression, they're talking to people who are severely depressed, who are Mm -hmm. suicidal or bipolar or schizophrenic. Like they see a wide range of people, Um, but you do have to go in and be, you know, diagnosed with seasonal depression. So think about like people that live up north, you know, in the winter, seasonal depression is real, or you have to be um, diagnosed with major depressive disorder. So it does require a diagnosis and a prescription from a, um, an MD. So like, you know, beers have like seasonal beers. Do you have like seasonal pills? Does that have a lemon flavor like during the summertime, (laughs) you know, maybe a little pumpkin, little pumpkin, little spice. You're going to love this one. This is a pumpkin spice antidepressant. Take it. Here's your milk. <laughs> so around Christmas time, we add a little yeah. cinnamon and a little pepper, peppermint yeah. with our with our with our peels. And it comes in a cool bottle. <laughs> oh, I love making jokes about painful things. Sorry, very Anyways, painful. That's, that's dark, guys. That's very dark. That was such like a sorry. Like I, I have to say sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry, not sorry. I'm not sorry. But anyways, keep going. I think I need to tear off the rail. I don't think she knows where, where, where to get back. No, right she now. was talking about so seasonal depression is a real thing, and and talking about depression in general. I mean, clearly, mental health is something that you you care about, right? So it's not just about yeah. selling these pills or people going in and getting a prescription because yeah, they might feel sad or they just want to get fucked or whatever the case is. Like, there's a procedure and like steps that people have to go through yeah. to get this shit that actually will benefit them, right? Yes, absolutely. It's not like you just go in and say like, hey, I'm feeling sad. You know, there has mm-hmm. to be some sort of um, psychoanalysis that goes through. Um, and that's to the doctor's discretion. But it is something that I think that I'm and I'm very thankful that people are more open about mental health. And I know that before I started working with this company, it was so hard to push antidepressants because people were so nervous and embarrassed yeah. to talk about their problems. And I'm, I'm thankful personally too, from my own experiences, especially through the last few weeks um, that I have been completely open. I'm an open book when it comes to mental health. And it's something that I am very interested in, but even to speak to that, when I go to doctors, like as I don't know if I'm one of the rare pharmaceutical reps, but 
sometimes my drugs aren't going to work for someone. So I want to make sure that the doctor knows what type of patient my drug is going to be used for, because there are other antidepressants out there that can serve a purpose. So I think especially when it comes to mental health, you have to be, you have to have some sort of like, I don't know, heart to you to understand that not everything works for everyone and Mm -hmm. understand um, to the doctor's discretion what they think is going to be best. And at the end of the day, it sounds really fucking cheesy, but I want what's best for the patient because mental health is so important, especially now when people, like you guys said, are at home with themselves or with their fucking kids or their husband that they hate. Like now is the time to take, you know, yourself seriously. So strange time. Yeah. So I guess to, to tell our audience, if there's anyone out there that is maybe questioning themselves, like, do I have a mental, you know, mental yeah. health issue? Cause I mean, that's a weird question to ask yourself. You don't know. You, think it's, you, you might know. think it's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just, you know, this you don't is know what you are. don't know. Right. And, and some people associate mental health with like somebody that's crazy, which yeah. I mean, isn't always the case, obviously. Yeah. And we, you know, we all have a, I think a, a little bit of mental health issues, right? We're only human. So what would you say? Like, I guess, walk somebody through like, you know, questions that they should ask themselves or, or like, uh, you know, a hint that they might have something they should talk to somebody about. Yeah. I, I, and I'm again, an open book. I can even give my own experience. I was going to like, right when I moved to Atlanta two years ago, I knew that I've been taking Vyvanse for ADHD since I was eight years old and I needed to find a doctor here that would prescribe it. And I went to a psychiatrist and was telling him because I knew him, um, like I call on him as a rep. So I knew him pretty well. And I really sat down to tell him like, listen, I've been taking this my whole life. I have this issue, this issue, whatever. And he was like, whoa, 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 like slow down. Let's talk about everything. Like how is your day to day? How's your mood? How's this? And just by talking through it with him, he was like, okay, well, you know, you just moved here and it's a new city and you know, you're, you're planning a wedding and you have a lot of pressure on you. I'm seeing like a, maybe a little bit of hint of depression and maybe some anxiety. So let's talk about that. And I think just going to someone and just having a conversation, well, especially if you're comfortable with that person, but having a conversation and really just being open to what they have to say back to you. Um, Cause I would have never thought I was so heads down with work that I was like, listen, I need this drug and I need it now. But yeah, you know, talking to someone and them saying like, Hey, I think we need to explore this is the best way to do it. Um, just really put yourself out there. If you have that doubt in your heart or in your mind of like, I feel kind of off, just go talk to mm-hmm. someone. Yeah, absolutely. So, and what are the, so what are those, what, I guess, what are those signs of, of, off? of like being what, what off, off yeah. or depression, you know? Yeah. Um, well, for, again, my own experience, I realized that when I was, you know, driving in my car, I felt so like sorry for myself I was just like this is terrible I'm in my car by myself I'm so lonely I have these bills to pay like you just feel really down and you're being really hard on yourself and I think when you're your own biggest critic that's like a lot of people you're your biggest critic Um, when it starts to get like your self-talk starts to get like a little ugly like you're not being nice to yourself anymore that's definitely a sign or physical signs of weight gain fatigue nausea headaches because you know your brain is a very powerful thing and if you're you know being hard on yourself or your body's going through something headaches and migraines if you've never had them before can be a sign um to early set on depression yeah yeah uh, you know and i, I experienced a you know similar 
issue where I I I I, I had insomnia. You know, I I couldn't sleep. And I will tell you, if you've never had insomnia before, like that is something yeah. I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. I had it for an entire week. And the sad part about um, it, I was working like 16 hour days in the sun. So I was working these long days in the sun and I could not go to sleep at night. Damn. It was You're exhausted. I was in Kansas. Um, and it was oh, the yeah. worst feeling of my life. And so I when I got back home, I, you know, in, the, you know, in Dallas, I said, I got I to gotta get some pills. Like, I, I got to get, you know, I got to get some Ambien or something. And they made me go talk to someone first. And I was like, why am I going to talk to someone? I can't sleep. And so I went to the doctor and right. talked to him. And he asked, what's going on? And I did mention, well, I'm in the middle of a divorce right now. He's like, ah, have a seat. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> right. even, and so he was telling me all these feelings. I'm like, I don't feel any of that. I'm, I'm not, he said, like, you're depressed. No, I'm not. I just can't sleep. That's what's making me depressed. Yeah. I'm depressed because I can't mm-hmm. sleep. He said, well, you can't sleep because you're depressed. I'm like, well, right. looking at it. Yeah. Um, but so before they, you know, gave me the pills that I needed, like, yeah, they did make me go and have a couple of sessions with uh, someone. And while I was taking the the sleeping pills, they 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 did walk me through. So, yeah, um, I didn't know I was depressed. I just thought I was going through some shit and I have to figure it out and tough it out and go forward. And but my body was literally telling me, no, you're not right. Like my brain was like, you're not right. I would literally pass out at 945 like dead sleep and I would wake up around I would say 11 10 and be wide awake and just feel like shit damn I sleep for a whole like an hour and after working 16 hour days it was awful I mean it was awful so every time I can't sleep now I go oh no it's back it's coming back but yeah I didn't I didn't think about depression I didn't think I was like I'm not depressed Mm -hmm. I'm look at me what I'm depressed about you know but my brain was telling me one thing and I, I didn't know that I was depressed I just Realized I just couldn't sleep. So when they gave you the pills, did it help you? Oh sleeping? yeah, I started going. Oh like, yeah. Well, it took a while. I had to like up the dosage because I I still I was sleeping like two hours, and then it's like okay, now I'm just groggy. Yeah. So they had to give me another pill. They didn't say, hey, maybe you shouldn't work two full days in one day in the <laughs> yeah. sun. Yeah. Let's start there. So they Get gave a new job. So they gave me another pill to keep me sleep. So one put me <laughs> yeah. to sleep. Another pill keep me to sleep, and then. And then I think just in time, it just once I start talking about it, I think that's all I had to do. I just started because I wouldn't talk yep. to anybody about my divorce. Um, I didn't talk uh, to my parents. Yeah. I didn't talk to my friends. And I was traveling. I was on the road and I was working. So I was kind of uh, I was just off with, you know, by myself. So I wasn't talking to anybody. And I think that was fucking me up. So are you saying that um, communication if Such I had degrees that people get. If I had a degree in communication, <laughs> I would have went through this. It sounds like that's key to life. If you just communicate <laughs> what you're feeling, then things will get better. So, uh, Gabby, with, with, all right, so, when, you know, do they ever tell somebody, like if somebody goes in like, oh, I, I feel depressed, I want, you know, pills or whatever, and they sit down and they talk to them, like try to figure out what is really wrong to figure out what pill, and if they really even need a pill or these days is it pretty easy to just get a pill um i think it depends on where you go honestly like my psychiatrist would not have prescribed me my vivance if i didn't have you know i had um documentation from when i was a kid and then in college that shows that you know i've been taking this and i was diagnosed properly years ago um some places they call like a pill mill And it's just, you know, MDs, they go from room to room to room to room and can see, you know, 60 patients in a day just prescribing. Um, Uh, But if you, 
if you <laughs> if you if you really want um, the correct treatment, then I would recommend going to a place that is not a pill mill and that you get at least thirty minutes to an hour with um, whoever the HCP or medical doctor is. Um, but there are places like what Juan was saying, like you have to go a few times for them to really understand, you know, what you're going through, your symptoms, how you feel, and even your body too. Like some antidepressants uh, don't work for people like myself, who I'm 6'2 and 170. I'm going to metabolize something way faster than a little chick who's 4'11, you know? So you have to, you, there are a lot of things that go into it, but I think it's easier to go to a pill mill, but really if you want the treatment and long-term be able to handle what you're going through, you should honor the process and go to someone who um, wants to help you long-term. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Cause I was, I mean, I, <clears throat> I whispered, that's my doc, but yeah. it is my, my doctor is like that. And I mean, I've been going to her for, for years, but I was always thinking man, like somebody could just come in here, like read all the symptoms of depression and just be like, yeah, here's what I have. Out. Bam, yeah. bam, bam. Yeah. And then get yep. pills. And it's like, is that, that's not helping anyone. Like if you don't really have it. And then there's the flip side of like, like you were saying one about how you didn't talk about your divorce. Yeah. Like how many people don't really know themselves or what they're yeah. feeling to even open up to diagnose that. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like they should fucking hook you up to a machine <laughs> and run like a diagnostics on you. Yeah. And then be like, yeah, exactly. the best, uh, I can't sleep and you got ADD. Bam. Well, that'd be great. Uh, but you know, we, we've had a couple of other, other uh, pharmaceutical professionals on the show. So I asked this question very cynically, like, are there any doctors that would not prescribe you a pill? Like when you come in there and they go, I need pills, they go, nope, I'm not giving them to you. Because it seems like they all, you never leave. I know, without one, I know one that won't prescribe lean. <laughs> lean? Liquid, liquid hydrocodone. Just, just, I had a, I had Promethazine? a. Yeah. Uh, they said that they don't do that anymore. Oh, I was I was like, you, saw, you mean like lean, like yeah. you're talking about the, the grape soda. Well, the not the soda, not the, the no, I was talking about the, the liquid. The liquid hydrocodone. They, oh, okay. they, they don't do that anymore. Okay. Anyways, there was a summer of 07 that I got prescribed that. That was a good okay. summer. Summer. <laughs> good summer. Summer of 07. Shout out to H Town. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You, wait. I, you didn't, you didn't ask right. the question. Or you did ask the question. I fucked it up. But you were saying, is there any doctor? Yeah. Is there like the a one, pill yeah. that they are like a doctor that won't? prescribe a pill yeah i mean i mean do you know personally any doctors that are not going to just always just prescribe you know when someone wants something they just give it because i i know that people go to certain doctors sometimes they're like well i'll go to this doctor because yeah, i know I'm he's gonna he's know he's gonna hook me up are there any, yeah. any good doctors out there left yeah there there actually are um a decent amount um i think just in atlanta because again it is a city so i can be in my territory for an hour and hit maybe 15 people um, there are a few that you can just go in and say what you need, but the ones who are obviously usually more expensive and in a nicer location that won't do that for you. They'll require, you know, 30 minutes to an hour with each other multiple times to, you know, yeah, be I able to figure out what my, the patient needs. It's my mantra. Mm. 30 Which minutes is what? To, 30 minutes to an hour multiple times. Before we date. Yeah, right. You're lying. 
You just need a warm body. We know. Oh, we know. We know. Not you. So <laughs> you mean, who is we? You would tell me Brent's reputation is always is going all the way down I twenty all the way into the ATL Decatur. <laughs> Yeah, Atlanta's best secret knows exactly. Damn, Brent, you and she telling everybody. My my nickname is Atlanta's cat's already out the bag. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone knows (laughs) the dirty south. Yeah. So let me ask you this, uh, because I would say that I have a little bit of everything, just a little bit, a little bit of everything, (laughs) a little bit of everything. (laughs) Interesting. So I used to be prescribed Adderall, but I did take. uh, What are you? Vivance? Yeah, I used to take that for a little bit. What is the difference in that? Yeah, um, the difference for me is uh, with Adderall, um, that is, there's not really a brand like you're probably, or you were probably taking generic. So if it's a generic, there are hundreds of Adderall manufacturers. So each time that you're getting your drug from CVS, Walgreens, wherever you go, each month they partner with a manufacturer, whichever one is cheaper and they can make the drug. And I think it's like an 80 to 120% variation from the actual Cut formula. Baking soda. Exactly. Like it can be bath salts. We don't even know. So there's not as much like consistency and efficacy. So I'm sure maybe some months you felt like, okay, this is really hitting me like the way that I need it huh. to, or the next month, you could feel different. And for me, I need consistency. I'm, as I told you guys, I'm an anxious person and Vyvanse is a brand. You're going to get the same thing every single goddamn time. And that's what I need. Is it it a little bit more expensive? um, It really, it depends on your insurance. Unfortunately, like I, before, when I first moved here, I had different insurance and I was paying like $125 a month for my Vyvanse. But now, yeah. And now I pay $20 for it. So unfortunately it, it depends. You know, like I always say, like, what the fuck do poor people do? But yeah. here we are. But uh, well, I can tell you, I might be looking at some. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you looking at? Something <laughs> that that rent for one hundred twenty-five dollars a month will be will go a long way. Yeah. Um, well, I've heard different things about Vive. Like, you know, people because I take Adderall, but I've heard people that take Vivance. They're like, it's. It's uh, it's more clean or like, you know, it doesn't because Adderall sometimes can make you depressed or make you feel yeah. like it, it's it yeah. can fucking for real. like she's yeah. talking about different types. There was one that I was taking and it was actually after I had met Gabby and I was like, yo, I'm taking I knew what she did. And I was like, I'm taking this pill. And she was like, what is it? I think I sent her a picture and you were like, that's the cheapest, like that's shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, because it was making me feel fucking crazy, like oh, legitimately yeah. like. I was at my desk, someone was talking to me and someone else came and I was getting so irritated, which typically is not really like me. And I was like, it's gotta be that. Uh, and it was a small, I just didn't get irritated. Yeah. But it was a, <laughs> on a different level, but, but also, right. so then there's, there's the name brand, which is more expensive. Would you suggest to people don't get generic, get name brand? Cause you're going to get a, you know, you're going to get more for bang for your buck, I guess. Absolutely. I always recommend going for the brand. And unfortunately, insurance companies have all the power in the world and they get to determine what they're going to pay for for the patient. So some insurance companies won't allow it. And I've seen even for my drug without insurance can be two grand to five grand a month. And I've seen people pay for it because they need it that bad. Exactly. So it really depends. I always say 
in our company, you guys are going to laugh at me, but they, we always say demand the brand demand <laughs> because it's so much, Do y'all it's chant so much that better in a room together. Yes, absolutely. Well, when you think about it, like someone who is, um, as dark as it sounds, who is severely suicidal, you don't want them, you know, Adderall is just the example that we were using, but one of my drugs has a generic substitute and I don't want them to take the generic because who knows this month they're great. The next three months they could fall off and be terrible. And then that's when, you know, you can lose someone. And I've gone in an office before and I'm really cool with this doctor and he's my friend and he'll dap me up and we're cool. And one day he completely ignored me. And I went to the girl at the front desk and I was like, what the hell is up with him? And she was like, one of his patients killed themselves yesterday. And it's like, it's like, what the hell? Like he was just doing fine. And it can be something as small as, yeah, this CVS decided to change their manufacturer to whoever was cheapest that, that month. And it's crazy. So I would always tell anyone, no matter what drug it is, do your research and try to figure out the brand medication. There's a reason why there is a brand. So please That's fight the insurance all you want. That's crazy though. Cause like, you know, like you were saying, it works different for everyone's body right in chemical makeup and you don't know until you take it shouldn't there just be one fucking pill for each of these that we like all take thank you this is our bodies (laughs) this is like this is fucking our bodies this is the only body that we have do you think they care no it's you know what (laughs) she she said something about the the insurance companies like yeah it made me think of like uh like uh the nfl like uh uh like the owners like whatever they're you know how they're doing uh they're writing the the, the book and the, you got the players association over here yeah and the owners are literally tilting it their way yeah or the government whatever the case is yeah, they just, don't care yeah it's just uh it's all about the money and the numbers i don't care uh, can we can we switch gears a little bit did you guys just yeah. did y'all just both what cars were those <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had a bad transmission i don't know about you i was trying to switch it it, it got stuck you know it got stuck between uh, uh, two and three just, i heard that sound jesse somewhere. was, was in a power wheel. wheel yeah i was in like a video game or something <laughs> so um i want to switch gears a little bit and i'm, I'm gonna put my oprah hat on so Earlier, you mentioned about you said uh, you mentioned about being single, but then you say you were preparing for a wedding. Can we dive into that yes. a little bit? We okay. sure can. Um, so, so uh, yeah, ex- explain that one to me. <laughs> I could do that for you. Um, so, I started dating this guy my sophomore year of college, and we dated for five years and got engaged, and we were planning a wedding. Um, my actual wedding date was supposed to be next Saturday. Holy shit. And wow. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And obviously with the coronavirus that like we were going to have to postpone regardless, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, someone who I was with for seven years, I had this moment of, I would say clarity and self discovery and courage and bravery and confidence that mm-hmm. I was able to look at someone who was my best friend in my home and we grew up together for seven years and just be able to say I feel like we're growing apart and Mm. what who you need to love you is not me and vice versa and as hard as that was both of us came to the understanding that we're just not right for each other anymore and all of this came about the day we 
decided that, okay, this coronavirus thing is real. We have to postpone. And having the postponement in front of us was like, maybe we should dive into some shit real quick. And yeah. So when you guys are talking about idle time and, you know, being alone in your thoughts, it honestly, I don't want to say, cause it's still, it's a very painful sensitive thing, but it saved us, um, you know, from, from a marriage going, from doing it. So like if the, it, the coronavirus didn't happen, do you think you would have gone through with it and gotten married? Yeah. I'd be getting married next Saturday if this didn't happen. A hundred percent. And meanwhile, I'm sure, I'm sure that the coronavirus like didn't just all of a sudden spark an epiphany inside you that was like, maybe I should look at, there was definitely feelings that you were feeling beforehand or he was or whatever the case. I don't know the story. Yeah. There was feelings yeah. that were there that you would have just taken with you to the altar and then taken to your grave, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure this shit happens, happens all the all fucking this shit, time. Th- this this type crazy. of shit happens every day. People getting married. Yeah. Saying yes, I do to something you know you don't want. That's crazy to me. <laughs> I can't understand it. But what, like, I guess my question is, when did you first, like, start feeling those feelings? And, like, yeah. what, what were they? Well, well, hang on one second. I want to give context to the people listening to this story. You said seven years. But people don't know how old you are. So how old are right. you at this time? Um, yeah, right, right now, I am, I am 25, and I met um, my ex when I was 18. Yeah. So you're talking about all your, uh, quote, I put quotes of adult life. I don't count 18 yes. to 20 yeah. adult life, but pretty much all your adult life, you were with him. Yes. Very. Um, you know, those are the years 18 to 25. I think that's when you're, you know, becoming an adult and trying to figure your shit out. So for sure. really how it worked for, for us, um, we were, I'm very, like loud outgoing he's quiet and a little bit more passive and chill and for years that was perfect and then I think Mm -hmm. as we got older and you know started working and trying to make friends with you know each other's friends and things just there were little Mm -hmm. things that we would notice and you know we were pretty heads down of like no you're my first love you're the only thing I know and we've made it this far we're doing this um but really it hit me and now after, you know, talking to um, my ex-fiance about it, once we made a big move for his job to Atlanta two years ago, right after we got engaged, like we got engaged and the next day he got this job offer. And I realized that, um, you know, once I got my job now and I finally found that um, the clarity that, or I guess self-identity that I felt with sports of like, winning and losing is just something that's ingrained in me. And I found that in my job and I felt like motivated and determined and my drive came back. And I, I just realized that my foot was on the gas and his was not and vice versa. And we just, you know, there are fundamental differences with people and that can only go on for so long. And I think again, once we first moved here and I found my job and I, we just, again, just started kind of veering in different directions. But again, we were, we made a promise to each other that, you know, this is what we're going to do no matter what, like you're my home, I'm yours. We grew up together and you know, that's how we got to where we were. Yeah. I I think there should be a rule that you shouldn't be able to get married before 30. You might be. I I, I mean, I, I I think I would agree with that because I agree. I, the girl, like I was with somebody when I was 18 and like from 18 to 30, 
Like I was with uh, like four or five like serious relationships that yeah. there's uh, quite a few of them I don't even talk to now. I don't know yeah. what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, and you go through so many different phases of life. Oh my goodness! Of what you like and what you want, and and I, and it's not like you know. I know you're competitive, Gabby. You played sports, and mm -hmm. so like you would look at things in a black and white, like mm -hmm. winning or losing, and like oh, I made a commitment to this person. I'm going to see it right. through. But in a relationship, it's gray. Like it, there's, yeah. it's not just exactly. There's no scoreboard. Yeah, there's, there's no scoreboard. There's, no, there's no referee, unfortunately. And and there's no there's the there's an audience that you feel is watching. But at the end of the day, th they have nothing to do with your happiness. Of like, yeah. oh, we got to do this because you know we whatever. Right. Fuck that. It's all about like how it makes you feel, right? And, yeah. And, and what's sad exactly. is that people go through this shit all the time, and then they're afraid to get out because they're worried about what, how it's going to make it look like. How's everybody? Yeah. You know, and and. I think I had two uh, family members that have actually been married and divorced within a year, like before wow. the year is up. And I'm thinking to myself, so do I get my gift bag? I mean, it's only been a year. I know you haven't unwrapped the shit. You it was know, a nice one. And, and, and I think I think a lot it's of people, a, a lot of people stay together because, well, we can't get divorced now. Yeah, it's only been right. a year, so it's gonna, we, we're going to look back. Yeah, so we, we got to keep it going. How about this? Let's have a kid. Maybe that'll help. Oh my god, right. I. <laughs> I know some. I know, I know oh, yeah. somebody that, that it's, it's in a playbook, and they, they haven't. They have, they're on second. They tried the second one. The second kid from from the second issue, right? Mm -hmm. And right. I'm like, what are you doing? They tried dog first. Dog is the first one. Uh, Let's get a dog. Maybe that'll help. Doesn't help. Kid doesn't help. Try kid again. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> this is the, the you're talking about the South. South. The yeah. South. No, that and that is the South, and I feel like and Brandy said it perfectly. I always see situations as winning and losing, and I felt like walking away from a relationship at this point, seven years put in with each other. That mm -hmm. if I walked away, then I would be losing. And I think, speaking of the mm -hmm. South, my sister—I have an older sister who met her now husband, father of her two children, um, when they were fourteen at church. And I grew up looking at that of like, okay, you yeah. marry your first love. That's how this works. They were married by the time they were, I think my sister was 22 or 23, had a baby the next year, another one, two years later. And that's just what I saw. And I thought, yeah. all right, that's what I have to do. And mm -hmm. I just want people to know, like, there's no, there's no timeline. Like yeah. there's no timeline. You don't really know yourself even at 25 or even, I know some people who are 30 and still are trying to figure their shit out. Like don't look at other people. Next to a couple of them right now. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, Hey, I will not, I would not jump in, but I, I, I know what she's saying. Yeah. Like, and there are some, my, I have a, my cousin, my brother, and then two of my best friends are all with their high school sweetheart. In fact, my cousin's with his, uh, uh, seventh grade sweetheart much yeah. like your situation gabby with your uh sister and he's like a right. brother and so i've seen it but i always knew like that wasn't that wasn't going to be for me like that's not whatever but yeah. and there's some si situations where people do meet young and they meet their soulmate or whatever the case is and it works for them yeah but, and, and, but and other, yeah but it, but everyone's situation is different and i think like to me what you're saying like the the fact that you had the balls to speak up and not go through with this if we're talking about winning and losing, that's a win. Like you yeah. won because oh. you didn't go through with what society would have pushed you to go through or what you felt that you needed to do to keep your image or to keep the peace or whatever the case is. You, you like stood up for yourself and said, this isn't what I want. Yeah. And this is not good for either of us. Even if they don't feel it the same way right then, they will thank you later. 
And right. so you're you're winning life, which is much better than winning that situation, that game to lose life later, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, and that's that's a good point. And I realized in the grand scheme of things, like I started talking to my my best friends and my my mom and my sister and something that my sister said was like, what are people going to think? And that never crossed my mind. And that's how I knew that in my heart, this wasn't right because I didn't give a fuck what anyone thought. I did not even, it never once crossed my mind, even to this day, this, I mean, we broke up a little over a month ago and it never once has crossed my mind what anyone thinks, because at the end of the day, if this bitch goes up in flames, that's who I'm going to be looking at. I don't care what anyone else says. So, but I know that holds a lot of people back. And again, when if something crazy happens like the coronavirus and you're looking at that person and you're not happy and you don't feel fulfilled and you don't feel love and a genuine emotional connection with someone, they're not it. And you have to have an insane, insane, I'm telling you the most insane amount of courage and bravery. And I don't know how I found it deep down, but I did. And I know long-term me and my ex fiance are very, very thankful for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I always, when, when people talk about uh, being on that, on that, on that fence of whether or not they're going to work it out mm-hmm. or they're going to get out. Whenever they say the word walk away, I don't want to walk away. I go, okay, you're looking at it wrong. Yep. It's not walking yep. away. It's hitting the eject button on a plane that's on fire. It's right. not walking away. You're literally hitting the eject and you're getting the fuck out of there. And That's here's a the thing. Way to put it. Here's the thing. You don't know where you're gonna land in that parachute. Yeah. You have no idea. You, the, the Atlantic Ocean might be up under you. There's gonna be sharks. You have no idea. <laughs> but you know you gotta get the fuck out of this plane, and you'll figure the rest out later. Yeah. But I think too right. too many times we try to figure out what's gonna happen before we make the decision. Like, okay, I'll get out if I know. I'm going to be okay if I know right. I'm going to. Yeah. And, and, and well, because pe- people look at it. I, I think some people look at it the wrong way. They look at the logical aspect or, or there's even the, and, and for Gabby, there's the aspect of like, we were together for seven years. We grew up together. That's all we knew. Yeah. And there's a bond there. There's a friendship. And I get that. And, and that makes it tough to, yeah. to walk away from, but they're like Absolutely. logically like, you know, like, uh, you know, I, this is, this is the safe bet or whatever. And I don't know what's going to, mm-hmm. what happens if I get out of this? Well, fuck, you know what? Take a fucking chance because I, I guarantee your bot, like the inside or whatever you're mm-hmm. feeling that's making you question is trying to tell you that there's something else out there and you need to go yeah. fucking find it. Yeah. And you'll never find it if you stay in this thing that is not it. You know, it's not it. Yeah. <clears throat> but people do it all the time. No. I mean, and I was 30, 40 years. Exactly. And I think, um, again, like I told you guys, I'm a very anxious person. So the first person I wanted to go to when I started having these very apparent second thoughts on getting married, I went to my psychiatrist and I told him like, I feel like I should do this, but I'm scared because I don't know what's going to happen. And someone who is anxious or any sort of mild or barely any sort of depression is someone who wants to control things and wants to Mm -hmm. control the outcome. And that's what I love about going to a doctor who isn't just there to run a pill mill and go door to door to door. He not only prescribes medication for people, but he's going to help you or this person is going to help you cope with whatever this solution problem, whatever is. And that's what I can really appreciate is my time with him, him saying, listen, you can't control 
anything. You have control over your mind, your heart, and your gut. And whatever that is telling you, you have to go with it and you have to trust it and you have to feel confident in yourself. And I'm so thankful that I even had a relationship with this doctor at that point, because if I didn't, I would still be in a relationship that I like at the end of the day, next weekend. (laughs) Right. And we were, we were roommates. Like we had turned into roommates. There was no romance, emotional connection. And it had been like that for two years. And we were just like, in our minds, we're like, who doesn't want to marry their best friend? Like we're Mm. cool. We're friends. Like this is perfect. But if I didn't go talk to someone who could tell me this, you know, you can't control everything. And you just, again, you have to trust yourself and your intuition. And I'm very thankful that I was able to do that. It ain't easy. It has not been easy at all, but I'm thankful. The thing for you is you had, you had confidence in yourself because that's where people I think get caught up in worrying about other people is that they don't trust themselves. Like you got to trust yourself. Like if you don't trust yourself, that's where you're fucked. Like you got to trust that feeling that like your body is telling you or what your mm-hmm. heart and trust it and have confidence in it and be like, I don't give a fuck what anyone says because like, I know what I'm feeling. And, and when you do, once you stop giving a shit, what other people think and, and how they perceive you, you'll notice that they start taking you for what you decide to do. Mm-hmm. And they're just are like, yeah, that's what, like he just always does what he wants because he knows what he wants, right? Yeah. They they stop trying to control you because they know they can't, yeah. and they shouldn't exactly. be able to. It's your fucking life. I think the fear exactly. of unknown is is everyone's biggest fear. Like a lot of people, some people get 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 amped about it, like not knowing what's going to happen next. They like I like that. I like not knowing what's going to happen next. I kind of like it. Some people yeah, are man. terrified by not knowing what's on the other side of the door. Um, they would suck. Happy to open it. They would suck with let's make a deal because they would never make it. They would never <laughs> yeah. choose what's behind the door number one. Door they would go two. with the safe. Like the, take, little, the little uh, here's a here's a uh, little eight ball. The yeah. little thing they can shake. Yeah, or whatever they offer. Here's fifty dollars. Or what's behind door number three? Brent's always going to take door number three. Damn right. He's going to say I don't want what you're giving me because I feel like you're only giving me this. I want what's behind the door. Yeah. A lot of people are. And not I want like that, that girl that's opening it too. <laughs> and I want yeah. her too. I'm you kidding. would. I'm kidding. I want to see who's behind that door. Who's behind that door? She goes, oh, yeah, <laughs> you would. I think you know more about Brent than we know. You know more about Brent. Brent, <laughs> I I know Brent. He's all legendary. Too well. I do. He he is. No, Brent's a living legend. I I love him to death. I just like to give him shit all the time. It, it is just <laughs> so difficult for people that have never. I mean, when you're experiencing something you've never experienced before. I think some people have just different reactions, what they call the fight or flight or whatever you want to call it, is that some people are motivated by it and then other people are terrified about doing something or experiencing something they've never experienced before. So now that you've found yourself and you find yourself in quarantine in a new apartment in Atlanta. By yourself. By yourself. Are you, uh, are you, uh, like, are you on, like, Bumble, like, Tinder? Are you, like, getting out there? Are you just like, no, I'm just going to chill for a little bit or, like... Cause I know Atlanta's open. So like what, what yeah. Atlanta's wide open. Yeah. So like, are you, you know, like, are you getting out there? Or what's the deal? Um, you know, it's, it's weird. Like my process was so strange and I want to share it just in case there is someone listening who might be going through a breakup and have the same experience as me. Like right when, um, me and my ex decided to go separate ways, I was fine for like two weeks. And then I had, a really bad like 12 days and my family refers to it as Gotham's reckoning (laughs) and I was just a mess I was 
so depressed in such a dark place. I, and I realized after going to my psychiatrist, you end up mourning a relationship and a person. Like you're mourning someone who is yeah. still alive. And it was just so strange to me after all these years, I've never lived alone. Once I became an adult, me and my ex-fiance, we have lived together. We've done everything together. Even we lived together in college. Like what the hell you're telling me that now I have to go out and do things on my own and he's going to be in the same city and we just carry on separately. Like what the fuck? It took again, 12 days for me to come to terms with the fact that you know, again, I walked into my psychiatrist's office. I was like, listen, I hear there are these steps to grieving. I need you to tell me all about them. I need to know where I'm at. And he was like, Gabby, you can't control this. And he always says pain demands to be felt. You just need to, you know, go with emotions, go with the flow, let your body feel. And once I did that, finally, I came out on the other side. And honestly, I just I really love living alone. It's so strange. I thought this was my worst nightmare. That was the one thing I was so scared of is like, okay, well, my roommate is now gone. So what the fuck am I going to do? I thrive in this. Like, I love it. Um, It's been, yeah, it's been really good. And I think my family and my friends do a really good job, even though I don't think they know that I know what they're doing. But every weekend for the next like two months, I'm going to have someone staying with me uh, to make sure that I'm okay and not by myself. Yeah. Yeah, which I can that, appreciate, that, but that's great though. I'm, that's awesome. Yeah, and that they can see it because they know I again was with this person for seven years, and I don't know any. And honestly, because we were, you know, we moved here together, and we we're in what we would say an old married couple. I haven't really been out in the city at all. I could count maybe on one hand. I've lived here for two years, and I that's why I call myself Atlanta's best kept secret <laughs> because I haven't make really. Exactly. So I don't know. I'm trying to like. They're gonna. They're gonna find out who Carmen is. Hell yeah, Carmen is here. Atlanta's best kept secrets coming out. Um, but dating apps just really give me the creeps, and I've just heard, you know, because when I started dating my ex, like Tinder had just become a thing. This was in 2014. Like I didn't know anything about anything. So or no, 2013. Jesus Christ. Um, so all these apps, like I had to go on Google and figure out like Bumble, Hinge, like Raya's for celebrities. I'm like, why the fuck are celebrities on dating apps? Like just so many different things. I'm like, keep this shit far away from me. I want to be okay with me in my home. Wait, there's celebrities on you? Okay. Yeah. It's, I'll, it's, I'll look it up. I don't think we weren't all thinking it. <laughs> like, there's, there's, a, there's a celebrity one out there? <laughs> There is. I heard that Channing Tatum is on it. Like there, and Amy Schumer met her now husband, baby daddy, on there too. So, mm. yeah, this isn't an ad, but here we are. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't think you need like I. Well, the only reason I was asking that is because I'm, I'm joking, but also it's quarantine, so it's a little different. But I mean, you don't need it. Like, just go out, uh, and I mean, you'll you'll be fine. You'll, I'm I'm your psychiatrist <laughs> now, Gabby. You'll be fine. <laughs> So, Thanks, so, Brett. It. <laughs> so seven years with the same gentleman and now you're single, you're, you're vibing and, and thriving as a single woman taking on Atlanta. Now, what would catch your eye when it comes to 
the opposite sex now? Like, what do you, what would you, what are you looking for? What, do, what would you think to be like? Yeah, I'm gonna give this guy a shot. What, what would that guy look like? He's asking because we have a huge demographic of listeners in Atlanta, so maybe they'll hear this. Hey, we got guys okay. everywhere, and they will travel. I, we got guys that got money. We, we got guys that got money on that listen to the show. They, they, um, a plane ride away once all this is over. Of course. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! Um, so are we talking like physical or no? Not like... necessarily physical. No, just like as from a from okay. a just from a guy. Yeah, take away the physical. I mean, we we sure. already know. You know, you want somebody that you know just doing 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 the damn thing physically. Uh, it's got to right. be at least six two. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, no, yeah. I'm I'm actually not playing games anymore because I want to be able to wear heels. You have to be six four plus. Damn. Okay, you done cut yeah. off a, yeah. a huge, a huge. She, uh, she, she, she has like the, the thing like in front of her, like when you're trying to ride a ride. Must and be it's six like, two must to be, ride this ride. Yeah, <laughs> and if you if your head is under that, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're a no go. Um, but like personality wise, I think, um, I'm definitely attracted to someone that I can admire, um, meaning that they're they take their job seriously, they're motivated, they're determined. They have drive. I think more of like, it's weird because I have a strong personality, but I think I'm more attracted to like an alpha male who also can take charge to where I don't have to as much. Um, definitely, you have to have a sense of humor because as we all know, I'm a motherfucking clown and I need someone who's funny and thinks I'm funny too. Um, what else? Oh, uh, they like their family. Anyone who like doesn't really have a relationship with their family always like stresses me out because I'm like, why? Um, but I think that's about it. I think I covered a lot of things, right? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, okay. that, that makes sense. I mean, having someone that, like you said, someone that I wasn't necessarily look up to, but yeah, like you said, you admire you. You they're they're inspiring. Like you you feed off right. of them. Um, because like you said, you're you're a go getter. You don't want necessarily someone that's not. But I will say that. There is something to be said about someone that's not like you, you know, someone that can kind of like show you a, a side that you might not be strong in. So then you might sometimes need someone that can kind of calm you down. Cause I'm, I'm the same way. I'm, I, you know, I'm a college athlete. We thrive off of adrenaline. We thrive, we thrive mm-hmm. off of push, 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 push. You get tired, push harder. You know, we had to go to school during the day. We had games, we had travel. Do this. You just keep going. You always going full speed. But right. I, I have someone now that is the complete opposite of that. I realized that was exactly what I needed. I needed someone that could grab me and go, sit down, chill out, right. calm down, yeah. relax, look around you. You know, experience the things that are in front of you. Stop looking so far away. You know, it's like someone that had to kind of, you know, uh, center you, so to speak. You know, and and I think we all need to be centered sometimes because. If we just keep feeding off of each other, we're both just running full speed. So I think sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, but I think sometimes right. you do need to look at sometimes having a a it's you know, some, a, a yin to yeah, your yang. It's somebody that compliments you, right? It like, yeah. and I don't mean compliment like uh, you look nice, but like they the things that sure. they compliment you in are the like the maybe your weaknesses or their strengths. Right. You can still have an alpha male that's funny that can calm you down or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't have to be. You're, like you're not dating uh, the male version of Gabby or yeah. Juan, like dating, trying to date like the, mm-hmm. the female version of yourself. Yeah. Because like, there's people that still have the same drive and still can make you laugh, but like maybe they get up early and you don't, or they, they do this, they do certain things that you don't do yeah. and just different like ways of thinking 
that can compliment you, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think as you get and as you get older, because I listen to you when you talk about what you want, I'm like, oh, she's 25, so sweet. <laughs> um, I, I want to have that com- this conversation with you at 30, and, and we're gonna we're gonna play this one back of what you're what you're looking for, Damn. and then we're gonna play it again at 30, and I want to hear it. What does that be funny. mean? Oh, what the you hell just wait. That mean? <laughs> you what just wait. You I'm looking at my watch. In five years, you just wait. And we're going to have the same conversation, and I'm going to ask you, what are you looking for? I promise you, the whole 6-4 thing is going to go away. Well, I, oh, I would, I, no. if, I, if I were to be, a, if I were to bet, if I were to be a betting man, I would say that Gabby will be off the market she, by the yeah. time she's 30. If she's not, yeah, I'm, I'm There's saying. There's no yeah, way yes. she will last for five years. Well, she might not, hey, she might not find what she's looking for. You know what I mean? That's she, true. she might have found what she's looking for, or have it, and then you know what? She kicked him to the curve. He, he okay. wasn't, he wasn't yeah, right. Maybe. Um, and then I'll put a hundred on it, though. And, I will put a hundred dollars right now. That by the time she's thirty, she she. Well, I don't want to bet against that, but I, I mean I do want to bet, but I don't want to bet against her. I don't want to, you know, like nope, she, she's gonna be single at thirty. Damn it, I'm gonna put hundred and fifty on it. No, um, <laughs> but I'm just saying, if Thank she you. is single at thirty, I, I do want to have the conversation again about what she's looking for, and we're gonna see how okay. that changes. Yeah. I think that's good. Okay. Yeah, the six uh, the six four thing will be gone. What the hell does that? What do you mean? I am literally six two. I am a lot of woman. I can't be looking down at someone who could be my son. Like, you think I'm going to go for someone that's shorter than me? Well, I mean, you're going from six two to you know Gary Coleman. I'm not. Hey, you know, I'm, I, I'm saying I've, you know I've five had, five eleven six feet six one. I mean, I've had taller girls. My last girlfriend was six foot. The guy out there for you, he may be you know six feet. You know, he might be, you know, he Stone might be 5'11". Stone to wear some boots. There's <laughs> no chance, guys. There's no, I will never, oh. ever, ever, ever compromise on height. No. Well, listen, I will look, I will look up the Atlanta Hawks roster and I'll tell you who are some suitable guys that you should go you after. You got the G League too. Don't forget about the G League. <laughs> yeah. You got the oh, G League. Uh, you know. They don't make Jeez. enough money. No. <laughs> they will be. They get Maybe. called up. No, let her. You hey, want to get her before you know they what? get called. You don't want to get them when they when they the Hawks because it's too late then. I They're, don't think you know. Don't listen to one. Keep your six four. Uh, keep that there. Six four and above. He uh, wants you to fail because he wants you to still no, be single at thirty. No, no, no. I I'm the one that bet that she won't that she will be off the market. Dude, that might be the it. other thing would that would be interesting would be to follow up with with Gabby and and I I want to say a couple of months but we don't know. I I know Atlanta is open but it's not fully open but ain't open enough. It might in as like well a, be in, in like a year, right? Yeah. In like a year to to see like what you what you went through, like going on dates and whatnot, and like if you thought it would be different, or if guys were like softer than you had remembered from high school, because you know things have changed in seven years. Fuck yeah, no, that would be that would be dope. Even I'm thinking because Atlanta, again, as everyone knows, the state of Georgia is almost busted wide open by the end of the month. Uh, we do need to follow up within the next few months just to see, because um, even we need to, yeah, like, we need to know details of your dates, like yeah, I, yeah, and I even think like people are just like bold here, and I've never noticed it because I mean I've always had a lot of men don't give a fuck, but I've always had a ring on, and just going and running errands like I just moved, so I'm going out to like Home Depot and Target, and men will approach you straight up, and it's so funny how bold they are. So I think mm-hmm. even if this bitch is shut down and I'm not going out and doing things. I would have so many like crazy, funny stories that I'm so down to touch base at some point and just oh, see yeah. where I'm at. <laughs> once, once, once the, you know, everyone's out, out again and start and start partying. Can you tell us how many times a month someone asks you, do you play basketball? 
and then we'll play an over and under game here to, to see like what that number will be because I, I would love to see what that number is when whenever a guy meets you does he ask you about basketball oh hell yeah and even you know the crazy thing and men whoever's listening to this and if you're tall and you played a sport if a woman tells you yeah i played this sport for example i told a man today at home depot yeah i played volleyball and he's like bet i could beat you what oh. I played Division One volleyball, like at you the University of Florida. You can't play one-on-one volleyball. <laughs> How do you even play that? But what does that mean? Like you're in Home Depot. We're growing. You, know you know what it means? That means that means I want to date. Hey, we're gonna fuck. We're, or or, like, or yeah, we're yeah. gonna find you at a sand volleyball they, court. They, they they want everything to be like loving basketball, where you're playing. Uh, <laughs> we're, you're playing mad, we're playing for it. Your clothes are coming off. And you're fucking mad. We're playing for your heart. <laughs> Playing for your heart. I was like, you think you a scrub here in Home Depot with me right now and you're wearing a white beater that you could beat me Mm. in volleyball. Like, what? Men don't. No guy wearing a white beater can play volleyball. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. no, They can't even play basketball. I I don't even know what sport uh, a white beater is good at. Anybody walks around a white beater, you might be able to be a box or a UFC fighter, maybe. But you can't play. I don't, you don't see those. No. Yeah. And definitely not volleyball. I mean, I, you should have asked him, like, you should have like whatever volleyball terms there are, I wish I knew off the top of my head, but you should have been like, Oh, can you do this? And just see, see if they, see if they could follow. Can no, you do what? Super I don't know. He'd I don't know the like, volleyball terms. <laughs> no, he'd be like, nah, I can't, but you could teach me. Like he's one of those. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> show me, show me how to set. Show me how to speak. Right? You should just be like, look, look, bro. Next time, why don't you just come up and tell me that you just want to fuck and that'll, that'll, we can cut to the chase so I can tell you no. <laughs> Sick. Hey, I I will say that I was a huge fan of the volleyball shorts. Who wasn't a huge fan uh, of the volleyball still am, shorts? Still in. Yes. I used to where, be. Where did those long time ago? Where did those go? Like girls now? I mean, they they wear like yoga yeah, pants and whatnot. But like, what? Where the volleyball wear, shorts yeah, go? Yeah, where the volleyball shorts? Where those? Uh, there's a style of like workout pants shorts that these that girls wear. They're similar to volleyball Gabby. Shorts. Can you bring those back in Atlanta, and then that will trickle to the South. That'll end up in Dallas at yeah. some point, and maybe I we mean, can see some volleyball shorts. I don't know where where y'all are at, but I see it all the time when I go out and about. Even when I go to the mall, I see girls in little spandex, and I'm like, "Good God, I do not miss those days." Looks like I'm 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 coming to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, sounds it sounds so sounds terrible. Sounds terrible. Um, That's terrible, Kenny. It's very terrible. I'm sorry that that girls have to go through that. It's so bad. <laughs> so hey, so before we let you go, so Atlanta is kind of open, like. What what has the vibe been like in Atlanta, like going out? Um, I know that you said that bars aren't open yet. They will be in June. But when you go to a restaurant or you go out and about, is there quite a few people out or is it still like 25% people out? Um, anytime that I've left my house, it looks like, it looks normal or no, not normal because Atlanta is usually like busy bumper to bumper traffic. It just looks like, I would say like seventy five percent of people are out and about. If that makes sense, seventy five percent. No, that's that's, that's crazy. Yeah, because like here in here in Dallas, I mean, we we kind of opened back up. Um, I want to say Monday is when like uh, gyms open back up and whatnot. Bars, I don't think open up for a while. But in just looking out, I mean, I live down here uh, in downtown where normally Deep Ellum is fucking packed yeah. all the time. And it's still, it's like 15%, 20%. Yeah. I just think like, 
Like when I go to the store, like I went to Publix the other day and I was like, hey, did you guys wipe these down? Like the carts? And she was like, no. And I was like, really? You what? didn't wipe the carts down? I was like, do you have hand wipes? She's like, no. Really? Okay. <laughs> cool. Like it's it's weird. People are acting as if literally no, nothing nothing's happened. Happening. Yeah. Shout out to our Trader Joe's here because they are on point. I mean, they are out there literally spraying down the carts before they hand them to you. They have a guy out there oh, yeah. or a woman out there that spray your hand. They, they make you. They go, give me your hands. Like, they make you spray. Or just go to Whole Foods or Target. Whole Foods. That's where the hot chicks are at. Some people oh. can't afford to go to Whole Foods. No, neither. No one can. I just lost $20 to say the word Whole Foods. No one can. <laughs> no one can. But that's where you go if you, you know, you want to meet somebody, you know, that's into pH levels and whatnot. Nice. So when this is over, where's the first place you're going to go? Um, there's this club that I went to once when I, when I first moved here. And it was like such a cool vibe. And I felt like all these dudes were coming up to me and I had to like flash them my ring and be like, sorry. So I think that's nice. where I'm going to go people. first. No, no, no. <laughs> I think he's no, but what he's saying is like, uh, when this is over, like completely like travel wise, where, where's the first place aside, like outside of Atlanta. Oh, um, I'll probably. That's not what I was asking, but that's another question. Sure. That's what, I'm <laughs> that's what he's asking. Yeah. Yeah. The first travel. Ooh. I'm probably, I already have a plan to go to Chicago to see my best friend for my birthday. And Who wants to go to like Chicago? Not to, I. I sure do. <laughs> no, I love Chicago. Chicago. Well, go to summertime. Yeah, if she best go, time. Yeah, yeah, she goes in June. Like, that's like, summertime, shy. summertime shy is oh, the fucking it's, best. It's, yeah. It, yes. it's, it's, it's if it's time. open, if it's open. Yeah. Yeah, no, summertime well, that be fun. is the best. And my, yeah, and my friend is a rock star, and she got, like, a boat for my birthday. So even if it's cold or whatever, still being on a boat and drinking with your friends, like, now they're allowing, I think it's, like, five or six people on a boat now on Lake Michigan. Like, absolutely, that's going to be my first stop, hopefully. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, well, be fun. Uh, we'll we'll follow you on, on, on Instagram and see about Yay. your boat adventures. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. We, okay, need, you, we, need, you back, we need you back on before the end of the year to find out how the Chronicles of Gabby's life is going and yes. dates and all that. Like, you know, we want to, we want the deets. Absolutely. I'll give y'all all the tea. I would love to. We'll take the tea and with the tea, make sure you're taking your pills. Everybody yes. take your, take your pills, go talk to your doctor, talk to somebody, talk to fucking somebody, anybody, talk to someone, and that's, take that's some pills, thing. wash your hands, wear a mask and just, you know, just, Fucking stay out of the streets unless you're going to Home Depot and don't don't go up and talk to a girl and tell her that you can fucking challenge her in her sport because you can't can't do it you cannot and don't yes. wear wife beaters earn those yeah give me your wife beaters don't, don't walk it. out of your house unless you're going to the trash can do not walk out of your house <laughs> wearing a wife beater those, those days are over those days have been gone even I mean talking about the cool fifty cent uh, wife nope. beaters that that came out in the two thousands don't wear those either nope. those aren't cool anymore he doesn't either. even wear them fifty cent don't even wear those anymore so don't do that <laughs> yeah. Stay safe out there. <laughs> and if you see anybody single that's six four and up, reach out to I'll have a double, and then we will reach out to Gabby and let her know. That, uh, is there is, is there any racial preference, or is it just six foot and above, and just has to have all those qualifications? I mean, I would. I you know I'm open. I'm open to all things. You know, this is America. It's over six four. Yeah, just yes. be over six four. Be funny, uh, or at least think you're funny. 
uh, be an alpha male and love your family. That's all she's asking for. At some point, come to Dallas, slang some pills here and go out with us and we'll, uh, we'll, you know, we'll show you a good time. I got friends that that. can help slang some pills. Yeah. I would absolutely love that. Well, Gabby, thank you so much for joining us. Tell all your friends that you had a great time. Oh, I definitely will. I'll tell them (laughs) to tune in. I'll have a double. Oh, awesome. Thank you. And if I don't see you before the end of the year, I will see you in January for our annual Universal Studios trip. All right. Be sure to follow us on I'll Have a Double podcast on Instagram and I'll Have a Double on Facebook. We will see you guys next week. I am Juan Big. I'm Crable. Jesse Cool. And I'm Gabby Nollett. Thank you so much. And we will see you guys later. Peace. Thanks. Woo.